Welcome to Moving the Rock. Whether sales is all you do or only part of what you do, the strategies and tactics of success can often feel split between two realities. You can become someone you're not to earn the recognition and praise of people you don't respect, or you can try to figure it out on your own, knowing you'll underperform your potential. We're here to offer a third way. The idea that you can't have success without compromise is just wrong. You don't have to compromise to win in the long term. You can play the game in such a way that you win in the short term and the long term. Through our hard lessons learned, we can shift your way of thinking and create a better way. I'm Chris, founder of SightShift. And I'm James, founder of Florist Group. If you're tired of the status quo, we're here to help you move the rock on your career, your business, and your life. Welcome. Chris, I'm reminded of a story that I don't often tell. Um, I was working for a software company and... um, very close to the, to my manager who I know and still love today uh, back in New England. And we were commiserating about a coworker who after a year and a half as a member of our team still had not told any member of his family what he did for a living. Because mm. he was embarrassed? He was not proud to be a enterprise software sales guy. He was embarrassed by it. Uh, and, you know, this is, this is 2004. This is, you know, 15 years into my sales career. And I was just amazed. I figured, you know, he would have gotten over that year one. Um, he was in his 40s and just shook by this, you know, by what being a sales guy said about him. What do you make of that? Well, 2004, so 17 years ago. So now 17 years later, we're at a place that the sales profession is so fixed, healed, and whole that that (laughs) seems crazy, right? Right. Is that the point you're making? (laughs) It's just, it's amazing to me. And uh, and, and it's probably a good place to start the conversation. You know, I hear executives and consultants and, and people say nothing happens until a sale is made. And then I hear marketing and and engineers and product people bitch and complain about how that's bullshit. It's all about the product. You know, we're the ones that serve the customer. Sales guys wouldn't have anything to, to sell if it wasn't for us. And you have this debate. And, and I feel like, why the hell are we having the debate? Because there's not one of those people would strap on, you know, their, <laughs> their uh, sales hat and go out there and make it happen. Uh, it seems so obvious and clear to me, yet there are people who sell who aren't proud of what they do. They don't view it as an honorable profession, and they're, they're just oftentimes unwilling to, uh, to stand up and be counted. What's up mm-hmm. with that? Well, I think that's what makes me so excited to do this show with you when you had the idea and vision for it and invited me to be a part. It's why my answer to so many things is no, but to this was yes. Because I have found the joy, the liberation, the beauty, the empowerment, the freedom of not living on either extreme of one extreme where it's super alpha, all about the clothes, pressure, manipulate when at all costs to this other extreme of too lackadaisical, kind of feel gross doing it, kind of embarrassed. I mean, even though I'm proud of it, in our conversations, we had one earlier today where you surfaced something in me that that was not 
professional. It was a little sloppy. It needed to go to the next level. And I had prided, my, I had prided myself on this. And you were like, no, 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 actually, here's a different way to think about it. And so I think that's a great way to think about what this journey is going to be about for us, helping people think differently than these extremes to get to a master level of, of sales execution professionalism that they can be proud of, that right. they can be excited about, that they can with joy own this space. And so, dude, I'm just glad to be here. All the hard lessons you've learned and collected and the way that you teach others, um, such a time as this, man, critical and needed. I appreciate it, man. Well, let's, let's jump in. Um, I'm thinking because this is uh, the first time our listeners are hearing us talk about this topic, it's probably worth talking about how the hell we got here. Um, we've known each other for more than a year um, and we found each other um, at one of your speaking sessions. And um, you were talking about the four seasons of change as a um, allegory to the way that you approach leadership. And it struck me for a very important reason because you, you referenced this idea of the tree and the seasons the tree goes through. And I really saw myself as that, as that tree. And I experienced the seasons that um, you were talking about, not only, not only throughout my career, but even as I process um, the job that I do as a salesperson and as a teacher of, um, uh, you know, of a, a different way of approaching sales, uh, so that it is something we can be proud of. Um, tell us about the journey that got you onto that stage, man. I mean, the years have passed. And then I'm really curious about how you as a leadership guru, leadership coach, um, decided, wow, partnering with a guy like me made sense. <laughs> oh, dude, that was easy. Uh, in the sense of I saw what was developing hard in the sense of I did go forward backward a little bit uh, because I take my commitment serious and and I saw what was developing. But how did I get here? You know, uh, I, I wish that uh, I could say all of this like super open because I want to be like, here it all is. The best <laughs> stuff can't go in the podcast and books out of love and respect for the people we're closest to. There was a, extreme business uh, challenges, a failure, a loss to go from not worrying about money to almost getting evicted. Like that was a bananas experience to have and it shredded me to pieces and I had to get rebuilt. Um, also too, having the tenacity, courage and stupidity to, to, to tell my dad, no, I'm going to go find my own way. You know, when, when there was a very clear plan laid out and both of those set me on a path of, you know, I'd studied leadership forward and backward, the techniques, the strategies, the skills, the principles, but the heart piece was missing that I am not here for the validation I can get. I'm here for the impact I can give. And if I'm trying to show up to impress you, I, my impact is always going to be dis diminished. Mm -hmm. And so started searching the world over for like, who else has thought about this or struggled with this through thousands of years, the wisdom traditions and started to cook all that down and, and, and then to see patterns and rhythms and 
and learnings that I could express in a new way and how, you know, it's not a discovery of anything new. It's a rediscovery of what's true. And that message you heard that day is probably the most high level summation I can give to what it means to continually cooperate with how we grow, what's unfolding in our lives. And then the fact that you resonated with it uh, and saw the application to transformation and leadership as I was trying to put that forth, but also the, the technical precision and the skill level of sales um, was, was really cool to me because our content married in a way that wasn't forced at all. They just, they mapped onto each other. Like we had come to the same conclusions worded differently, um, uh, but, but applied then in, in sales and leadership. And, and so that was so clear. And then to see how you've continued to do this, where I can talk about something and then you can take it and multiply it out in application. Um, and that's, you know, that's just not something that comes along a lot, a lot in life, right? If these kind of things happened a lot, y you, um, you would know more of, of people's impact. But instead, most people, most of the best stuff in the world, it tends to be underknown uh, or underdeveloped or, or not known. When people say, you know, the best products are the ones that get shared. No, best marketing wins. And it might be a great product. And, and long-term, yes, I get the relationship with the customer and all that. But for me, it's like, all right, let's, let's make some magic together. So here we are, man. Here yeah. we are. What, what about for you? What, what appealed as you, I'd be curious to know this. And then I want to hear more about your uh, origin story uh, with a specific question I want to ask. But as you've seen me, what has stood out to you that you've wanted to keep doing this work we're doing as we right. refine how we help people. Well, I mean, you know, as a, as a coach, you are, you are like me. And I think like any thoughtful salesperson, we are coaches, right? Uh, we are looking to walk alongside our customer or our buyer uh, to move them to a, into a direction that they want to go. Right. So that you're, you're always asking questions and looking for ways to help people move, make that shift. Hence the name of your company, right? Site shift. Um, I, I've always believed that um, growth is the mastery of change. And so if I'm going to move my clients to growth, I have to move them to change. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, what more honorable way to think about sales as a profession um, as, um, you know, as leading people to change, which is why I think of sales as a leadership competency. I think of what you do as expressing and communicating a leadership competency. So in that context, like you said, we're brothers from another mother. We're two sides mm -hmm. of the same coin. We've arrived at the same place following two different paths. You know, you're the nice guy. I'm the asshole, you know, you don't have any hair. I do have hair. I mean, all that shit. It's like, I mean, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, so, so I think that's what resonates with me. And I think what I love about it is also, you know, you're as flexible and as pliable as you want your customers to be, which mm -hmm. is, which also makes you a great learner. Uh, and I try to be the same way. And I look for clients who want to be the same way. Those are the people I, I find are the most exciting to be with. 
And what's really interesting is, is, and I'm sure you'd agree with this, um, as a coach, as somebody who likes to develop people and invest in developing people and teams, I learn a ton from the journeys that my clients take. I learn a ton from the observations that they bring to the table. So it's not, it's by no means a one-way relationship with my clients. And it's, it's definitely not a one-way relationship with you, right? We're both learning, developing together and it's exciting. Mm, mm, That's awesome. How did you get to your understanding of be the tree and then how did you connect that to sales? Yeah. Uh, well, my, my story is really specific. I mean, I, like you, I grew up in a family biz and, um, like you, I pursued life outside the family biz. So I hit grad school in the late eighties. I got, got out in 91. And I like to, when I tell this story, I tell people, you know, I left grad school, um, with the arrogance of my youth, the arrogance of my MBA and the arrogance of having been raised an entrepreneur, right? I, went to Northeastern University and uh, was involved in the cooperative education program. And I was almost fired from three different uh, co-op programs. The only reason they kept me was because I had the brand of the university behind me, right? It would be embarrassing for everybody if if one of their <laughs> students got fired. I'm sure that's why I wasn't let go. But there was this amazing amount of arrogance that I had. And, and, um, and uh, you know, it just, and it, it cost me in some ways, but it also allowed me to leave with a business plan that didn't get funded and then go start a consulting practice, right? So the only option for me wasn't to get a job. It was to create something. And then over, and I just started helping businesses um, think about how to improve their sales and go to market strategies. Something I had learned in my youth. Uh, My dad was a, a top producer and, you know, the apples don't fall far from the tree. Uh, over those over the following 15 years, I, you know, became very well versed in developing uh, venture back companies. Um, so I got used to selling things that um, people didn't know existed to solve problems they didn't know they had. So I was the guy that could take a pre-revenue product that maybe didn't even work and go get a million dollar contract from a big global brand. Not because I was a superstar, but because I figured out that I wasn't selling stuff. I was I was selling problems, right? Um, I was focusing my clients on the problems they wanted to address, not my solution. And when the problem was so big and so impactful, and the and the uh, impact of solving that problem was so powerful and motivating, my clients would take the risk and engage me and want to learn more. Uh, about what we did and actually throw money down and take the ride with me. I didn't have to manipulate. I didn't have to lie. I didn't have to cajole. I didn't have to um, put on airs. I didn't have to um, extract information and not be honest. I could be honest because together we were addressing something that up to that point they couldn't fix. And they were willing to take the ride with me. One, because I had invested so much time in figuring out what they were focused on. And while doing that, building trust and rapport, enough trust and rapport that they're willing to stake their careers on this. And a lot of my clients ended up becoming great friends. Um, And, you know, 20, 30 years later, I'm still engaged with them, still talking to them, still working with them. Uh, The trouble for me came um, 
you know, later in my career, when I just hit the wall, I was focused like many salespeople on evaluating my success based on the dollars I was generating for myself. And I was wrapped up in the approval of my boss. And I was also wrapped up in the pursuit of life-changing money. When you're working with venture-backed companies, and I was part of three IPOs and many exits, um, you're always chasing life-changing money. And to your point, Chris, um, I wasn't doing it because my heart was in it. I was doing it because uh, of, a, of a scarcity mentality that, that reminded me every day that, Jimmy, you're not good enough. If you don't close this next deal, you ain't good enough. It was a life of winning and losing. And I was always scared to death of losing, always scared to death of what uh, my reputation might become. And, uh, you know, at the end of 04, after my best year ever as a rep, um, I hit the wall. Uh, hired a coach, got right, and then recognized that every CEO and sales leader I'd ever worked with needed this kind of um, awareness that I'd achieved. Yeah. And then a year later, I founded the company, and I've been doing this now since '06. Um, but you know, since that time, Chris, what I've recognized is that if we can approach sales as a leadership competency, and I can show up ready to um, put, you know, ready to focus on the shared goals that, that my client and I both have and create that, um, that um, positive end game where we both come out winners, right? Not, and not, I'm not talking about win-win, like some kind of socialist kind of focus, but it's this idea that, you know, why can't a decision to buy something generate value for all the parties involved? Mm-hmm. I looked yeah. at the world as zero sum, man. I was like, you know, I was all about going to war, bringing back scalps, all the analogies that are the, the grotesque and crazy analogies that you can think of. That was me. And it was driven by that insecurity. And it was driven by a misguided sense of that I had created for myself of what sales was all about and mm. what being successful was all about. Mm. But dude, I, I, I've got something I want to draw in on and ask about. I just want to comment on how powerful it is that you grabbed a hold of the deepest reality. I'm not defined by my results. You know, I'm a human being. I'm more than that. That that was, you know, the the center point of uh, the struggle in my leadership. I could not get up and admit a problem. I was in public leadership roles. I could not get up and admit a struggle because, you know, I'm only worth as much as the size of the audience I'm speaking to or how excited they are to follow my leadership and how hyped they are about the future. And, and when you lead that way long enough, you do learn how to play games and, uh, and, and it's, it's gross. It's like the worst of what a politician could become. And I Thankfully, you know, at age 28, now 43, started to see just a little bit of those tendencies like, wow, Chris, you really tried to manipulate them here and you wanted to, and, and I was harsh and firing and just a number of things like that, that I was like, I don't want to be this person. Um, but it took, it took almost losing, you know, everything to, to get to the real bottom that I could wake up. Success didn't wake me up. Living in the dream home, custom built, didn't wake me up. And I'll tell you what I hear and when you say it, and I'm hearing it in a fresh way right now, you talked about this idea of, of honesty and truth. 
truth with the client, truth with yourself. Um, and I think that's just the starting point of all great sales, all great transformational leadership journeys, all great corporate journeys. It's honestly accepting the reality that is. <laughs> what is this reality that we have? You know, what do you want? What do you not want? Where are you headed? What are the goals? Um, does that resonate with you as a way of thinking about it? Yeah, but you know, it's about the awareness though, too. Like you have to have yes. awareness to accept it, right? Yes. So I only have this clarity looking back because I've I've I've, you know, I I, I hit the bottom like you. I mean, for me, I, I mean I can look back and see all the warning signs, right? Um, and then people that vie with me that have been through a similar experience they'll look at me and say, oh, Jimmy, you're a recovering asshole, just like me. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. And I, you know, you know me, Chris, I'm not, I don't dwell on that. And, um, you know, I've, I've overcome that, but I can look back at all the experiences in my past and, uh, and I can point to the ones that, that some of them are so tough for me to talk about. I can't talk about them without getting choked up. Mm. Uh, and I know that because I've done it in front of audiences and gotten choked up. Um, you know, mm. when I hit my bottom, I was reclosing a client. It was a quarter million dollar deal. He already threw threw a hundred thousand dollars down onto the software package. And I was reclosing them on Friday, the 31st of the year with my boss and the global VP of sales listening in. So imagine how I was going to operate. I was on stage with my manager and his manager. I'm with a pre-IPO company. I'm the top rep worldwide. I don't need the money, but I need the recognition. Mm. You know, I cannot let this go. And I, I could give a shit about the person I'm talking to. And that's mm -hmm. what's even worse. Uh, and I reclose them. I win it. I get everything. And I was so, <laughs> I hung out with my boss. I was so nauseous, man. I'm burping up stomach acid, right? Looking out my window at mm. the ocean, burping up stomach acid, and, and then all of a sudden I recognize all the compromises I've made, not just, you know, compromising this client, but, you know, the travel and, you know, making up stories about how it's harder on me than it's on my, than it is on my kids and mm -hmm. all the compromises I made in my life to justify the insecurity that I felt and the, the decision, the way that I chose to deal with it, which was just to double down and become a warrior, Right and become immune to all this crap. And I would look at anyone else who didn't agree with me as soft. <laughs> and what, what, when I look back at it, dude, sales for me, that's that the ultimate epitome of, or the end game of the zero sum game that you play when you walk that path is you really dehumanize people around you. And, um, mm -hmm. You know, I was, I dehumanized my clients, dehumanized my coworkers. I would berate them for things that, you know, are just part of life, but that were important to them, but not important to me. And, um, you know, I, I jokingly tell folks I was, you know, Alec Baldwin from Glengarry Glen Ross times 10, you know, at the point, if I had ever thought about that, the point I would have been proud of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what I hear you saying, the transformation you've had, now you understand that it's not either being the hard ass nor the soft pushover. It's okay to be intentional and direct. It's okay to be kind. It's okay to soften. 
you know, it's, it's, it's this way of pursuing the mastery that it's never one or the other. It's always all of it. And it's where we are and it's motive and it's, you know, so, so beautiful, man. That's probably, uh, the clearest, most passionate I've heard you inspiring. Talk about that. I'm so glad this is getting recorded what what can people expect from us? They take this journey with us. Um, what would you like for them to to get out of it? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that I'm really excited about, and I'm and I'm feeling pretty loose here, so I'm really happy that I kind of get to have this forum to kind of let loose. Right? Uh, I feel like I'm in front of a client right now, just helping them think about and free up from the things that are you know holding them back. So I'm really, I'm really thankful for the opportunity. What I think our listeners can, the first thing they can, they can think about is they can think about like our relationship, right? The mystic, you, the mystic, me, the enlightened, right? And again, just from the perspective that we bring from the world, right? You're the guy who thinks big picture, you've studied, you've read, you understand leadership at, a, at such a high level. And I'm the guy in the gutter trying to make it work, like apply it every damn day and solve problems that are that are designed to grow companies, right? You know, and, and I think it's, we're a great pair because what we can do is we can take big ideas, the kind of ideas that every human being, especially, you know, if you think about competitive athletes and competitive musicians and actors and anybody um, in business at any level who has aspirations, right, who's living on the edge of their abilities and wants to get better, um, you know, everyone, everyone um, is, is challenged by this desire to be better. And then this question, what are you willing to do to get there, right? I was willing to do anything, <laughs> as long as I didn't get caught, right, to get there. Business owners and people who strive for greater levels of success, what are you willing to do to, to get to that level of success? What I think is amazing is that you can be inspired by the words of anyone, any philosopher who inspires you, and you can figure out how to apply that in your world to drive growth and to drive every dream that you have for yourselves without compromise. That is, I, that's the promise of this podcast. You know, I was inspired, I'm inspired by this idea of um, a positive sum game where everyone involved when they make a buying decision is enriched. Everyone um, gets the benefit of leverage, right? I give somebody money, they give me a product or service and we both gain. You know, that's a great thought. But is it real? Is it practical? <laughs> right? People ask themselves, how the hell do I do that? Because we go, we get we go to work and we're caught up in this, this doggy dog competitive world. How do we take the things that inspire us and apply them every day? That's what I think we're going to be discussing. Um, and and we're going to be delving into everything you've ever written and everything I've ever written and every client relationship that we've ever had that's helped us demonstrate how that, how that works. And we're going to tell stories and it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Inspiration, encouragement, training that they can come to these episodes and get in a vision expanded. It's captured in the name that you came up with. I love it. Moving the rock. It, it, 
it's movement. It keeps happening. It's big. It changes your life to move it. It's something that speaks to getting to that edge of your abilities and becoming the fullness, the greatness of who you can become. These are not just high and lofty ideas. These are things that we want to break your brain on, but also get to that gutter level application uh, where it's lived out. I love it. Yeah. And what good is higher levels is a higher level of thinking if you can't apply it every day, if you can't live it. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Let's live it out. So for those that come here, we're going to hold us all to live it out one step at a time. Yeah. We're going to move the rock on your career, your business, and your life. And every deal that is in front of you as you you execute as a sales leader. Thanks, Chris, um, for joining me on this kickoff episode. I'm looking forward to the next step. It's going to be fun. Thanks for listening. If you've learned something or were inspired to try something new, please rate the podcast and share this episode with someone you know. If you'd like to learn more, visit and connect with me, James, at floristgroup.com, F-L-O-R-I-S-S group.com. And if you want to connect with me, Chris, check out SightShift, S-I-G-H-T, shift.com. Peace.